0: something to say. Hello, everybody. How y'all doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorsett, and that will actually mean a lot more to you if, you know, listening to this episode, because it's Fiction Friday. Fiction Friday is the day that I like to kind of talk about what's going on in my writing, as well as, you know, mainly the process less than, you know, the actual book stuff. So, yeah anxiety anxiety is an issue for me and it's a strange one in that i'm not anxious to write like i don't sit down and look at a blank screen and go oh my goodness i need to make sure all the words are perfect and if the words aren't perfect then i shouldn't be writing them and all that that that's that's not actually the problem that i have when it comes to writing and I have a feeling that for some of you out there, that's not the problem that you have either. See, my real problem is that I live in the heartland of America, which it likes to call itself all the time. Heartland everything. In fact, my husband is now the heartland food and wine expert for a local TV station, KFES-12. I'm very proud of him for that. But yeah, heartland. And it's kind of a conservative place to live. I live here because of family and obligation and all that, you know, the, the regular stuff. But yeah, you know, it's not comfortable being, you know, the leftist, queer, gender fluid, trans person that I am. It's not exactly the most comfortable place to live, and I think that's true pretty much in the country in general. And so. There's kind of a general background noise in my life of anxiety because I'm trying to keep up with what's going on to the best of my ability, and often that is a mistake. And I haven't quite found the middle ground there. <laughs> that That's where a lot of my anxiety comes in. One One of the problems that I have is when I go to write, I often feel that it's frivolous for me to be taking this time to create a fictitious story when there's so much crazy going on in the world. Sometimes I actively find myself thinking that, you know, maybe I should be spending some more time doing either activism or spreading the word about ideas that I like. And then I realize, wait a minute, I have podcasts and I do that. And so I record these podcasts and I feel better (laughs) because I get to talk to you all about it. But that doesn't help when the anxiety actually sets in. And I don't know what the right answer is here, because not knowing what's going on is basically trying to find bliss in ignorance, and isn't really a solution to the problem. It's a solution that I use, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of days that I just avoid social media and don't listen to the news, don't watch the news that day, because, you know, maybe today that that just wouldn't be the best thing for my own mental health. And I try to do that, and then I feel guilty because I don't know what's going on, and I feel like I should, and of course guilt is almost as bad as anxiety when it comes to keeping you from following your creative gremlins off into the wild to get a story told. One thing that I have found that does help is meditation, and I really feel like for anybody out there who's taking, partaking in any kind of a creative venture... You, you should try meditating. And I've thought about this for different reasons. And Questlove has a wonderful book out on creativity, wonderfully titled Creative Quest. And I recommend it if Questlove is someone you enjoy. It's not so much a book about how to be creative, though that really is a part of it. But it's a lot about how Questlove is creative. And the techniques that he's learned over time. And I, I enjoy books like that. And if you're interested, definitely check it out. I think it's worth a read. I bought the audiobook and listened to it, which is awesome. Because, And I would actually recommend that because Questlove narrates the book. And when he talks about music, because he owns the copyright to a lot of the music that he's talking about, those songs are included in there. So you get to hear what he's talking about in real time. You don't have to like find the tracks and listen to them on your own, which is really helpful. But he spends a lot of time in the book talking about meditation and its value for creativity. And he's right. One of the things that we often get confused about is how much having that blank slate is important to the creative process. Now, I've done podcast episodes in the past talking about how to fill ourselves up. And I think there's a certain degree of that that has to happen. Like we have to keep putting input into the system or output does become difficult. But as far as the input that we're putting into the system g- goes, it has to be processed. And when the mind is chattering as it is wont to do, it's very difficult for us to process that information and have it come back out in any proper good or interesting way. And this is one of the things that meditation, I think, is very good for. Uh, I practice many forms of meditation. One that I've been doing lately, and this is not sponsored. They've given me no money to promote them, but I, I am a subscriber to the, he- to the Headspace app, which I believe is available for both iOS and Android. And they have meditative courses that you can go through where each day it's a different lesson on a particular topic. And they're really helpful. The anxiety one was very good. The creative one is very good. Um, They actually have a creative writing meditation that I try to do, and if I was a better person, I would do every day before I sat down to actually get any writing done. And it's it's very helpful. It's a visualization. And yeah, I've done it enough that I could probably do it without hearing the voice prompts. But there's something about allow that surrendering and allowing myself to just follow the prompts and not having to think that lets me personally kind of check out more and get more out of the meditation than when I just try to do it myself. I'm a big fan of guided meditations and visualization. But depend, no, no matter what your style of meditation, they, they it's a really good app and they do daily meditations on different subjects and stuff. It's, it's very good. It's non-denominational in that, you know, he's not pushing a buddhist christian or any other particular idea he's all about mindfulness it's 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 a <clears throat> it's an interesting app and it's one that i recommend that you check out if you're interested in this sort of thing um but allowing yourself to have that moment where you can check out and just be and learn to quiet your mind it really is helpful in letting those ideas flow and letting them get out and into the world where they want to be. It does also help with anxiety because, and this is where I'm going to be a little metaphysical for a moment. I really do believe that our natural state is one of joy. It is one of bliss. And this is something that I've come to experience through meditation in that when I take the time to actually do it and just let go of everything, I do find that kind of calm happiness that everything else was cluttering up. And there are probably a lot of different reasons for that. And we could talk ad nauseum about studies and whatnot. The one thing that we can say for sure is that science is very clear that mindfulness meditation is good for us. It helps with our blood pressure and heart rate and does help combat anxiety and depression and things like that. And considering that there are some studies out there that show that writers and creative people may have a higher propensity to these things than, the, than people in other professions. Personally, I think that's more to do with making a living. Because when you start thinking about how am I going to make money off of the stories that I write, oh, anxiety floods in. And that's something I try not to think about as much as possible. Um, but it's a valuable thing to do. I think the other important part for this is examining our will to write. If you remember a couple episodes back, I did an episode, I believe it was titled, Why Do You Want to Write? Why Do You Want to Be a Writer? And I really put forward a strong argument that you have to know why you want to write and why you want to be creative. Because in the doldrums, which always arise in any creative project, you, you need to have something that you can hold on to to give you the strength to push through and get to the end. And that really comes up here in a lot of ways. Because, like I said, my anxiety is built and based more on kind of background noise. It's more of a, you know, am I doing enough to help my family out? Am I doing enough to help my country? Should I be more vocal about this, that, or the other thing? Oh my goodness, what are we going to do about that? oh man, the economy's really bad right now. Oh, how are we going to do this, that, or the other thing? How are we going to pay the bills? Kind of background anxiety. And learning to let go of that is one thing, but having something to counterbalance that is also very empowering. So having these two things work together is a valuable tool to move forward when we're trying to be creative. So Yes, I do my meditations to help relieve my anxiety, but it's also my will to create that helps me get to that place of flow that relieves my anxiety some. And it's important for, to realize, especially in the type of world that I live in where we own a restaurant and that's our primary form of income, I am a writer and that's where I put most of my focus. I also do the podcast. All of these things are creative fields. And so the creative output we engage in, be it from coming up with new cocktails to coming up with new food items for the menu, new techniques to try to make that food, or me writing a story or doing a podcast like I'm doing right now, this actually is the antidote to that anxiety. Because if we're not doing those creative things, we're not making an income. And of course, It makes it harder to do any of the things that I'm anxious about. And that I think is the beautifully seductive and sinister thing that comes with anxiety and worry. It is so consuming that it sets up its own feedback reward system where we feel like engaging in the worry, engaging in the doubt, engaging with the anxiety is getting something done. You see, if I just sit and stare off into the middle distance and wonder exactly how we're going to pay the bills this month, how we're going to get caught up on this, that, or the other thing this month, then I'm actually doing something when, in reality, you're just allowing the worry and the anxiety to hold you back and prevent you from getting something done. It's a very beautiful, deceptive trap that's easy to fall into. And it's something that I see happen all the time with myself and others. And you have to set up a support system. That's really the only way through that one is you need a support system that can see when you're falling into that trap and help pull you out of it or shout, hey, hey, you're about to trip into the trap, stop. And some of that support system can be from, like we were talking about the meditation and the letting go, Because things are clearer when you have let go and relaxed and given yourself a bit of space from the things that are giving you anxiety. But having those people in your life that you are accountable to that can help you out by telling you the things that you need to be doing or pointing out the things that you're liable to fall into is one of the best ways to keep from falling into the trap. This is especially important for people like me who have a tendency to write more gothic fiction. And I mean that by, I I write, to me the difference between gothic fiction and horror fiction is a focus, it's focus. Horror fiction tries to scare you. Gothic fiction tries to terrorize you. And what I mean by that is, it's about... Bringing about that cosmic dread deep down inside that halts you and prevents you from moving forward. There's a sort of arrest that happens in a good dark story written in this style and in this manner that you don't find in horror. Horror is just about creeping you out. So, like, when I read The Outsider by H.P. Lovecraft for the first time, which I would put into this category, I identified with The Outsider so much in that self-hatred and self-loathing that the character experiences, that I began to question everything that I did in the story, lingered with me, with me and haunted me for quite some time. The same is true with the works of Edgar Allan Poe, being some that I can almost guarantee that you've read. The works of Anne Rice live with me to this day, and in fact, Brian has finally finally started reading through the... Vampire Chronicles, and I'm very excited about that. We're going through the Vampire Lestat together right now, and it's wonderful to get to go through these books again. We got the audiobooks, and Simon Vance, who reads them, does a very good job, and he actually speaks Lestat's voice with a wonderfully silky French accent I enjoy it ever so much. But the point of a gothic story is that it should linger with you and make you question something about yourself. And I think I write a lot of stories in that mode. Not everything that I write, but a lot of what I write in, is in that mode because I, I have a lot of questions and anxieties about my own life that linger with me and are hard for me to put down. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword when I'm doing my own fiction because a lot of times the stories are exposing my anxieties and my concerns and my worries in a way that is very concrete in the fantasy world in which the stories are happening. And so I have to face a lot of my own concerns. Um, a good example of this is uh, in Crucify My Love. The whole point of that story is the pain pain that compassion can bring to someone. And it's something that's not talked about a lot. And, of course, this pain is very literalized in the story where the character has the ability to heal but in so doing, these thorns grow out of his bones through his flesh and eventually rip through his skin. And so he literally takes the pain or creates pain in himself by, relie- by alleviating the pain in others. And that prolonged meditation on what compassion is and how compassion affects us, that Took a lot out of me when I wrote it, and it's a story that I rather enjoy, and I'm hoping that everybody else does too. But you can read drafts of that over on my Wattpad right now. It's still very, very rough because I'm going to write all three books before I go through and do any serious editing. And I'm currently working on the second book right now. But if you want to get a head start and start reading the drafts, that is up on my Wattpad right now. Um, you can find a link to that at ashdancer.com. But yeah. That's one way that I use to alleviate my own anxieties when I'm writing, is if it's something that I think I can make an interesting story about. Because writing should not be therapy if you're planning on sharing it with other people. But writing can be therapeutic if you can find a way to create an interesting situation, creature, or phenomenon out of your anxiety. I mean, a really good example of that would be The Arrival, which is a wonderful movie that works on so many different levels about the anxiety of what life is and the nature of life and the nature of time and our inability to communicate with people because of the malleability of language and how hard it is to translate from one language into another and the effects of seeing the world from the perspective of another person through the vehicle of their language there's so much in that movie if you haven't seen it it's it's so good De- definitely please please watch arrival but you can see all of those cultural anxieties playing out in this movie in a very entertaining and profound way and that brings me to what Good fiction often has as a part of it and that's not necessarily a therapeutic value but a cathartic value where it takes some emotion and heightens it to the point where the audience can discover release where it builds up and builds up and then it's allowed to just kind of be free and let go and you can move on and some of the best fiction does this This was an almost essential component in Greek tragedies, which is where you may have heard the term before, if you remember back to your high school days, you may still be in high school, where you studied Greek tragedies. But catharsis is a very powerful thing that a writer can do, and it's difficult to engineer, but the payoff and the reward is immense when you're able to do that. And I think that that's a valid way for us writers to deal with our emotions and with the various demons that prop up in our head when we are trying to get our writing done and just in our lives in general. Life has become very hectic and insane in a lot of different ways. And the practice of writing can really help us to deal with those thoughts in ways that are helpful and productive for us. So long as we're being honest about why we're telling the stories we're telling and why we want to tell the stories that we're telling. And that's kind of where I am. I'm I'm working on Sanctify My Sins, which is book two in the Mask of the Gods series that I'm working on. And really spending a lot of time developing characters that can really dig into some of the questions that are underlying All of these issues that I'm having, and all of these thoughts that are going through my head that could be paralyzing if I allowed them. And if you're a funny little person like me, just have uh, Bill Pullman's speech as president from Independence Day set up and ready to go because it's a good reminder of the things that we should, you know, we will not surrender, we will not go into that night. We will stand up. We'll do the things that we need to do. That's important, too. But, yeah, the story's coming along. It's not as well along as I want it to be, especially since National Novel Writing Month is quickly approaching. Um, November is coming faster and faster every day. And, of course, as happens every year, more and more events are getting put on my schedule to try to distract me from getting my writing done. Some friends from Texas are coming up to visit, and that's going to take some time away from my writing, but I haven't seen them in a long time, so I'm kind of excited about that. You know, my birthday party, yeah, that's coming up. 42 this year. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot that needs to get done before I'm ready to write November 1st. And a lot of it's built on characters and setting elements, and as with every story that I do doing more world building than I originally thought I would need to do because every time you think you're done with world building, especially since I'm kind of doing more found world building, there's some prescriptive world building that I did to kind of give a very big, you know, eagle eye view of the setting and for each of these stories kind of zooming in and building out around where the story's taking place and, you know, The new characters, you know, Kian is a character in particular that's been very difficult for me to flesh out because he's so young and has so many responsibilities and all of the things that he's going to be going through. And of course, the new, one of the other new characters will not tell me her name and I keep auditioning names for her and I don't like any of them. None of them feel right and that's always fun (laughs) trying to get a character's name to work. Naming characters is one of the most difficult things that I do in my writing because the name has to feel right and it needs to feel like it's going to work. But that's kind of where I'm at with all this. Hopefully I will be further next time we talk about this. I have kind of decided that I think what I might try to do for Nano for November, as far as this podcast is concerned, is record a long... Monday episode maybe try to get some of those banked up so that they're there so that you have regular style episodes for the month and use the anchor app to kind of do more multifarious thoughts throughout the day it'll be more like an audio blog audio vlog what is an audio vlog called is that an aug (laughs) you know about what's going on in my day and the thoughts that are going on because I think that could be fun. And so that's kind of where I'm leaning for National Novel Writing Month. But I'm really curious to know what you all think about how that should work because Nano is quickly approaching. And that also means that uh, the podcasts in November will be coming out in the evening rather than in the morning. So if you're used to getting them in the morning, they'll start showing up the next day because, you know, I'll be recording them throughout the day as I'm writing and, you know, stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to be doing. Anywho, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this show. I hope it was helpful for you in some way. If it was, and you think somebody else might benefit from hearing it, please give it a share. If the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate the episode or the series, please do that. That helps out a lot. It tells the algorithms that they should share what I'm doing with more people. And the more people that hear this, the bigger community we have and the more things we can do together. If you have an extra buck or so that you can throw my way, depending on the apps that you're in, you may see a button that says support on Anchor or in the show notes, there'll be a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support me at the $1, $5, or $10 levels. And that really does help out a lot because I'm trying to make a living out of all this, and given the current economic climate, it would be nice to have a good steady income from something like this, um, plus it would free me up to do a lot of things that I need to do. I'm probably going to have to spend 100 bucks to update some of my software that I use for the podcast soon, and I really want to get a better mic. So. Those are some things that will help you out, too. So if you would like to help, please do. If you want to support everything that I do, including my writing, you can go to patreon.com slash Dorset and help over there. If you'd like to leave me a message, download the Anchor app, follow Project Shadow on Anchor, and you can leave me up to a one-minute message. It can be a comment, it can be a question, or a suggestion of a topic that you would like to see on the show. Any of that would be awesome, and I would love to get that. Um, I've really enjoyed doing those in the past when you guys have contributed those guys and gals and everything in between you know what i'm saying hopefully by now um yeah i think that's it i think that's everything anywho until next time don't forget to have the fun bye